Hello, welcome to the Servative Hour, an hour of uh, anti-conservative movement call-in talk radio. So do please call in if you have any opinion on political, social controversies concerning the movement that calls itself conservative and the things they are going on about. Now, quite a lot of conservating conservative going on about something was happening at the uh, Nebraska GOP 2022 convention. And it was the topic of last week's show, July 5th, 2022, Tuesday, Servative Hour topic was the 2022 Nebraska GOP State Convention. And I talked about the people who were going to be at the convention. Pete Ricketts, Jim Pillen, Mike Flood, keynote speaker Glenn Yonkin, that was to be the big news, convention co-chairs, and looked up all these people and uh, had really plenty of material on things they had said and done and what they were about. And then the, uh, <coughs> who were these? The breakout sessions, two breakout sessions, uh, one by Nathan Kunin, American Federation for Children, uh, opposing public schools, promoting privatization of education, and then uh, Margaret Byfield. Executive Director, American Stewards of Liberty, uh, opposing uh, conservation and uh, ecological preservation. Stop the 30 by 30 program is a plan advanced by radical environmental activists, she says. And yeah, there's a lot to talk about them and uh, the uh, party strategists. However, on uh, July 6th, actually on July 5th, heard a radio interview, then looked to see if I could find anything printed online about it, and on Facebook, in a uh, conservative movement group, found a posting of a uh, letter sent to... Matt Innes, and I did put in text above that, looks like next week there might be more to say about their convention <coughs> from July 5th, 2022, N-E-G-O-P, big logo at the top of the page, Dear Mr. Innes, I'm writing to inform you that the 2022 NEGOP State Convention Credentials Committee has voted to decline to credential you for the 2022 NEGOP State Convention in Kearney, which runs July 8th through 9th, 2022. This means that you will not be admitted to the 2022 NEGOP State Convention. This is a very serious decision that was debated extensively 
Ultimately, your vocal criticism of Governor Ricketts, the top Republican elected official in the state and leader of our party, caused the committee to decline to credential you. The NEGOP will refund your registration, and we encourage you to support our Republican nominees as we enter the fall campaign. Sincerely, Pam Dingman, 2022 NEGOP Convention Credentials Committee Chair. <coughs> and on that page from which I did share it, from that forum, person who first found it and posted it, said, uh, copied letter to Matt Innes. So, if you say truthful criticisms of Pete, the establishment moves to block you from participating at the convention. And uh, then it goes on, uh, I wonder if Pete would be removed if Herbster would have won. And uh, anyway, it goes on with a lot of uh, accusations. Some of which I'm not really sure what they're talking about. What about Jessica's boy toy? We was very busy this year. Uh, maybe they meant to type, he was busy, very busy this year. Anyway, <clears throat> you'd have to find that and read that for yourself. That's uh, something called the Political Rumble Forum. Where a lot of the spirit of this came from. Oh, did I announce the name of the topic for this week yet? No, I have not. The topic of the July 12th, 2022 Servative Hour is How the Most Extreme Hoax-Promoting Faction Took the Nebraska GOP from Ricketts. First, an editorial from Dennis Crawford, published on Medium, and also republished on Facebook, which is where I saw it. It's from July 12th, 2022. <clears throat> Pete Ricketts' crushing defeat. Pete Ricketts suffered a stunning defeat at the Nebraska Republican Convention over the weekend. Supporters of Trump and Herbster organized a coup and packed the room with their supporters. As a consequence, Ricketts lost control of the Nebraska GOP. Party chair Dan Welch lost his post by an overwhelming 204 to, to 120 margin. In response, almost every party officer resigned. The only remaining party officers who didn't quit were National Committee Man J.L. Spray and one Congressional District Chair. The Nebraska GOP was decimated by the radical radical coup and has a big job, big rebuilding job ahead. Former Lancaster County GOP Chair Eric Underwood was elected state party chair and now will be in charge of that rebuilding project. However, Underwood did a poor job as Lancaster County Chair since the Democrats now dominate Lancaster County. Underwood and the Lancaster County GOP rec recruited a series of radical right-wing candidates who got crushed running for office 
on anti-vaxxer and anti-mask platforms. The Nebraska GOP's implosion was a direct result of Ricketts' dominance of that party and bullying of his fellow Republicans with his vast wealth. There was a lot of resentment over how Ricketts used his money to essentially select Jim Pillen as the GOP gubernatorial nominee. During the primary campaign, Ricketts spent millions of dollars destroying Chuck Herbster and Brett Lindstrom. Ricketts and other GOP office holders had tried to appease the radicals who ousted their supporters at the Nebraska GOP convention. While Ricketts and Bob Evnen made half-hearted attempts to admit that Biden was legitimately elected, they did join in the frivolous Texas lawsuit aimed at stealing the 2020 election. As John F. Kennedy once said, those who foolishly sought power by riding the back of the tiger ended up inside. This radical right-wing coup is good news for Nebraska Democrats. The GOP will now have to put together a new party structure on the fly with less than four months to go. I expect Ricketts to use his immense wealth to set up some kind of super PAC or parallel organization. However, state parties have many advantages over a super PAC. That's why millions of national dollars flow through state parties during election campaigns. And then this article continues on for quite a few more paragraphs. But you get the idea. And I'm going to leave off on that. And if you want to find that, that can be found in a number of places, but especially on medium.com under the name Dennis Crawford, and this article under the title, Pete Ricketts, Crushing Defeat. And that's the topic. We have a number of articles lined up. Ricketts critic Matt Innes vows to go to state party convention despite GOP ban. GOP politicians receive rejection letters to state convention, which covers pretty much the same thing. And then uh, KPD releases details on arrest at Nebraska GOP convention. Well... It's just saying how on Facebook, one of my posts, some people are arguing over whether a 51-year-old man can actually tackle a uh, off-duty police officer security guard and tackle them to the ground. The discussion goes on and on. Reminds me of a Monty Python routine as to whether a uh, European swallow or uh, African swallow their uh, airspeed. That's kind of irrelevant to uh, what actually is going on. Ricketts critic Matt Innes vows to go to state party convention despite GOP van, ban. Not van, ban. Don Walton, Lincoln Journal star, 
July 7th, 2022. So yeah, first I heard it on the radio, Matt Innes being interviewed. Then I found a copy of the letter on Facebook. And then, later that day, the media, in the form of Don Walton, Lincoln Journal star, noticed it and mentions, uh, saw it on traffic on Facebook. The Nebraska Republican Party has decided to bar Matt Innes of Crete, an outspoken Donald Trump supporter who has been sharply critical of Governor Pete Ricketts from its state convention in Kearney this weekend. The decision has stirred traffic on Facebook and within GOP circles. Innes, a former Lancaster County Republican chairman who unsuccessfully challenged Senator Ben Sass in the 2020 GOP primary election and supported Charles Herbster in this year's Republican gubernatorial primary election, has aimed a steady stream of criticism at Ricketts on his Facebook page. Jim Pillen of Columbus, who won the GOP gubernatorial nomination in May, has also been a recent target. Innes said he was informed by the party that, quote, your vocal criticism of Governor Ricketts, the top Republican elected official in the state and leader of our party, caused the Credentials Committee to decline to credential you. <clears throat> End quote. And Innes was told that, quote, this means you will not be admitted to the 2022 Nebraska GOP State Convention. I'm going to Kearney, Innes said during a subsequent Drive Time Lincoln radio interview on KLIN. I will be at the convention. Quote, you can't make change if you're not involved, Innes said. I'm going. In a statement released Thursday afternoon, Credentials Chairwoman Pat Dingman said the committee, quote, declined to credential six individuals who are either switching parties, starting new parties, or supporting non-Republican candidates, end quote. Quote, we welcome vigorous debate and even criticism within our ranks, she said. We won't, however, allow the convention to be used as a platform to help recruit or elect people who aren't Republicans. <clears throat> End quote. Uh, the Nebraska Examiner reported that the other five letters had been sent to Robert Bohr of Lincoln and Rex Schroeder of Palmyra, who both lost primary challenges to <clears throat> Secretary of State Bob Evnen. Fanshawn Blythe, and Faith White, both of Lancaster County, and Amy Tharp of Custer County. In, <coughs> excuse me, in an earlier response to the committee's action on Facebook, Innes said, quote, So if you say truthful criticisms of Pete, the establishment moves to block you from participating at the convention. Innes wrote, Many others who refuse to bend the knee to the establishment have been told the same thing. A review of Innes', Innes Facebook entries shows multiple entries criticizing Ricketts and more recently Republican gubernatorial nominee Pillen of Columbus, 
who was supported by the governor in the May 10th primary election. Herbster was endorsed by Trump, who came to Nebraska to urge Republicans to vote for him. Quote, Just remember that Jim Pillen, this is uh, what uh, Matt Innes uh, had on his Facebook page, quote, Just remember that Jim Pillen never once stood up against the university, Innes stated on Facebook during the campaign. Pillen never stood up to UNL or cut their spending, he wrote. Among an ongoing number of entries criticizing Ricketts, Why does he feel the need to take credit for the hard work that others do? Pete has always been a reactionary governor. He's never been proactive. He waits until others stand up on an issue before he jumps in just to make sure it's politically good for him. It is clear that Ricketts has completely tarnished his t- his time as governor with his actions over the last two years. Those are some quotes from Matt Innes. And I guess the article ends right there. Show that article can be found under the headline Ricketts critic Matt Innes vows to go, go to state party convention despite GOP ban. And that's on uh, kpvi.com. That's where I first found it, but it's uh, from Matt Don Walton of Lincoln Journal Star. <clears throat> And then there's a uh, <clears throat> relatively similar one. Uh, GOP politicians receive rejection letters to state convention. I'll just uh, skip over that. But what happens when Matt Innes goes to the convention? Well, uh, I remember mentioning uh, you know, the debate over whether a 51-year-old man can tackle an off-duty police officer working as a security guard. Well, from today's news, Tuesday, July 12, 2022, 2022, by foxnebraska.com, uh, NTV News, uh, KPD releases Details on arrest at Nebraska GOP convention. <clears throat> Kearney, Nebraska. Former U.S. Senate candidate Matt Ennis was arrested outside of the Nebraska GOP convention on Saturday, and now the Kearney Police Department, KPD, is releasing more information on the arrest. According to KPD, a disturbance was reported to them around 10.55 a.m. on Saturday at the Yons Conference Center. When they arrived, they said the private security company, which included off-duty police officers working at the convention, told them 51-year-old Innes of Crete was previously barred from attending the event by the organizer and attempted to force his way inside the conference center pushing a security officer to the ground. According to the involved security officer and witnesses, Innes allegedly approached the security guard at the main entrance to the conference center, demanding entry. The security guard attempted to block the entrance, at which time Innes allegedly tackled the security guard to the ground. 
KPD said Innes was placed into custody with the help of additional members of the security team. Based on the investigation, statements from the victim, and witnesses, probable cause was established, and Innes was placed under arrest for third-degree assault and second-degree criminal trespass, both misdemeanors. Innes was taken to the Buffalo County Jail and booked for the offenses. Innes was able to post bond after the booking process and was released from the custody of the jail the same day. KPD said the case has been turned over to the Buffalo County Attorney's Office for charging. Sure. Attempting to force his way inside the conference center, pushing a security officer to the ground. And... The security guard attempted to block the entrance, at which time Innes allegedly tackled the security guard to the ground. Hmm, well. <coughs> However, victory. <coughs> well. Sort of. Old guard conservatives and Trump populists take Nebraska GOP from Ricketts. Welsh is removed as state party chair, replaced by Lancaster County GOP Chairman Underwood. This is NebraskaExaminer.com by Aaron Sandiford from July 9th, 2022. And, of course, if you'd like to call in, the phone number here is 402-474-5086, and you'll be immediately live on the air on the Servative Hour, <coughs> as always. Kearney, Nebraska, a motivated group of old guard conservatives and Trump-era populists took over the Nebraska Republican Party on Saturday, ousting and replacing state GOP Chairman Dan Walsh. The move sparked at least a dozen resignations from GOP leaders. By Saturday night, the state's dominant political party had lost its chairman, executive director, two of three district chairs, National Committee Woman, three Assistant State Party Chairs, Secretary, Treasurer, and Lawyer, among others. Party critics had pressed for change, with several saying they sent a message to Governor Pete Ricketts and party leaders that the state GOP is more than a, quote, party of one. Chairs erupted when the amendment passed, allowing delegates to fire GOP leaders. The crowd was quieter when Welch lost his vote. And we'll get to that in a moment. It's now 11.29 p.m. Central Daylight Time. And this is KZOM Lincoln and KZOM HD 89.3 FM, KZOM.org online. And the Servative Hour is followed by The Groove Machine, a program of Christian rock music from midnight until 2 a.m. Wednesday morning. And the weather, it's now 72 degrees Fahrenheit, humidity 68%, hardly any wind to speak of, it's one mile per hour. 
and uh, tomorrow predicted to be a high of 93 and a low of 70. Partly cloudy, no precipitation. And back to the article I was referring to, titled Old Guard Conservatives and Trump Populists Take Nebraska GOP from Ricketts. Old Complaints. <coughs> Some Republicans have complained for years that the governor and state GOP had taken sides in open races with the Republicans running against Republicans. Several cited the legislative race between State Senator Julie Slama and then-GOP activist Janet Palm-Tag. Others pointed to the May GOP primary for governor. Welch said delegates believed bad information that the GOP had taken sides. Ricketts spent aggressively to sway the governor's race towards his pick, University of Nebraska Regent Jim Pillen, who won the primary motivated opponents. Some of what happened Saturday was telegraphed leading up to the convention. The Freedom Coalition held a 125-person rally Friday for people who wanted new leadership in the state GOP. Most who attended raised their hands when asked if they were delegates. Successful floor fights to credential five of six Republicans that the state GOP had rejected from attending offered additional clues. One of the six Lancaster County GOP activists, Fanchon Blythe, helped lead the takeover after being allowed into the convention Saturday. Another one of the six unsuccessful U.S. Senate candidate, Matt Innes, was arrested on suspicion of trespassing and assault for trying to enter the meeting hall before the group voted to let him in. After being released from Buffalo County Jail, Innes walked into the convention hall to applause. Innes said after the vote, Pete Ricketts brought this on himself by letting the state party and staff change the rules and interpret the party constitution to achieve their ends. Trying to reject the six delegates before the convention didn't help, he said. The party's state convention had high off-year turnout of more than 600 people, including 346 delegates at its peak. The people who took over the party planned to quickly push it farther to the right, including adopting a resolution calling for counting election ballots by hand. And uh, you recall that... Uh, I wasn't quite sure how to put the uh, topic. I have it as how the most extreme hoax-promoting faction took the Nebraska GOP from Ricketts. I thought of, uh, at first making it, uh, the biggest uh, big lie promoters. Then I thought making it the Alex Jones faction. But I believe it is justified in calling them, although it might be a little bit uh, too descriptive and not uh, sensationalist headline enough, how the most extreme hoax-promoting faction took the Nebraska GOP from Ricketts, and to make the case that they are indeed the most extreme hoax-promoting faction 
especially when it comes to what they call election integrity. Actually, uh, something that ranges from attempts to suppress the wanted change. That's a quote. Sarpy County Republican Delegate Robert Anthony, who supported the changes, said many rank-and-file Republicans felt they were not being heard by the Ricketts establishment. He said he thought the group's, quote, rebellion might die on the vine. He said people who assume the group had help from friends of former President Donald Trump are wrong. Many, but not all, of the people who pushed for change are fervent supporters of the former president, he said, but the group was, quote, organic. Quote, I voted yes on Welsh because I wanted change, Anthony said. There's just a movement within us. Some of it is frustration with the rhinos and Ackerman party conflicts are not unique. GOP activists also took over the Arizona Republican Party in 2019, and the Nevada Democratic Party lost its leadership to a similar revolt by progressives in 2021. Support State Senator Brett Lindstrom, another Republican candidate for governor, said privately that they wanted Ricketts to pay for attacking their candidate in negative campaign advertising. <coughs> Many in the winning group wore red dot pins that several said signifies they believe Trump's unproven allegations about the 2020 election. Although independent experts and Republican-led audits have confirmed that Trump lost to President Joe Biden. New leader. Delegates chose Lancaster County Republican Party Chairman Eric Underwood as the GOP's next chairman. Underwood said he wants to bring the party together to support Republican candidates including GOP gubernatorial nominee Jim Pillen and GOP House candidates. Said he knows he needs to repair a lot of divisions in the party. He told delegates he would, quote, earn your trust as people and conservative Republicans. He said he would help elect GOP candidates and define, quote, what we are, unquote, with the party platform, quote, we can only do it together, he said. <clears throat> Underwood will finish the rest of Welsh's term, which runs through the end of this year. Just about Underwood, former 2nd District Chair Nancy McCabe pointed out that Democrats have made major gains in Lancaster County. Democrats hold the Lincoln mayor's office and a supermajority on the Lincoln City Council. James Wright, a former staffer for Republican 2nd District Representative Lee Terry, who was there when Ron Paul supporters took over the Douglas County GOP, argued that while the party together, others highlighted Welsh's work to get Republicans in the legislature. Welsh speaks. And I'll just skip what Welsh said. Replacing Ricketts. The move to new management reduced, reduced Ricketts' influence over the state party apparatus, which could spur financial risk for the state GOP, depending on how party donors react. Ricketts is responsible for about 75% of the party's private funding, which was a common gripe by critics of the party, including Patrick Peterson of the Nebraska Freedom Coalition. Welsh was the party's second-best fundraiser. Resignations followed. <clears throat> GOP Executive Director confirmed his resignation Saturday. 
He had been the subject of complaints from some party chairs who said they didn't like how party officials in Lincoln treated them. Other party members who left included National Committee woman Linda Brash, Treasurer Ron Krogh, Secretary Paul Berger, Assistant Party Chairs Darlene Starman, Trenton Snow, and former State Senator John Kuhn, Council Dave Lopez, and First District Chair John Orr. Quote, My true passion is campaigns, Starman said. I serve a role in both the Pillen and the Mike Flood campaigns, and I look forward to getting Jim Pillen and Mike Flood elected in November. I have plenty to do to keep me busy. National Committee man J.L. Spray, who did not resign Saturday, said it was too soon to tell what to make of what happened in Kearney. Ask me next week, he said. Peterson said he was pleased with what the party delegates did, but not with how some former party officials reacted. It's unfortunate people fled the party, Peterson said. That proves they didn't want unity. <clears throat> GOP infighting. Nebraska Democrats celebrated the Republican infighting. Quote, even Republicans are sick and tired of Ricketts using his father's money to buy elections, Nebraska Democratic Party Chair Jane Cleave said. The majority of Nebraskans want our governor to work for the people. End quote. The abrupt shift in party leadership left some candidates wondering privately how to interact with the new party leadership and questioning how much help the party would be able to provide. Several said they don't know Underwood. Lancaster County GOP members, including Blythe, described Underwood during the meeting as someone who listens to all Republicans, not just those that they like. Many Republicans say they feel caught in the middle. Several said the last time tensions in the state GOP were this high was in the years 1996 through 2000, when some Republicans wondered whether the party had taken sides in a U.S. Senate primary and gubernatorial primary. <coughs> Quote, I'm sick to my stomach about it, Omaha City Councilwoman Amy Melton said. I have friends on both sides who have been part of this party a long time. It's like when your parents get divorced and you have to pick one to live with. But you love them both. Oh boy. With both parents being uh, Pete Ricketts and Charles Herbster who are getting the divorce. Okay, I said I'd make the case for... Uh, these being the most extreme hoax-promoting faction of the Nebraska GOP. We'll start with Charles Herbster. <clears throat> Herbster was schmoozing with Trump team January 5th through 6th as they detailed plans to overturn the election. Text messages show what happened in his own words. This is by Aaron Sandford from February 25th, 2022 from the NebraskaExaminer.com. Three minutes after rioters pushed past police lines west of the U.S. Capitol last January, <coughs> Charles Herbster received a text from a campaign staffer in Nebraska telling him the Capitol was locked down. Quote, thank you, Herbster replied at 2.14 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from a Secret Service motorcade near the White House. A minute later, he wrote, quote, I was expecting as much. Mm-hmm. 
He was expecting the Capitol to be locked down. Herbster, a leading candidate for Nebraska governor who touts his ties to Trump, spent much of January 5th through 6th, 2021 with then-President Donald Trump's inner circle, including his sons. The Conklin Company CEO, who donated $1.3 million to Trump's presidential campaigns, knew more about the run-up to the January 6th protests than he has previously acknowledged. Herbster's actions and reactions are detailed in more than 130 texts he and his campaign staff exchanged over a 25-hour period before, during, and after protesters breached the Capitol. Several people with knowledge of the texts obtained by the Nebraska Examiner confirmed their authenticity. Herbster has declined repeated requests since January of 2021 to, de- to detail what he did and saw in Washington on those days, including three requests this month from the examiner, one as recently as Monday. <clears throat> Immediately after the riots, the Herbster campaign staff did confirm to the Omaha World Herald and Lincoln Journal Star that Herbster had attended the Electoral College rally Trump held at noon that day on the Ellipse, just north of the White House. And then it has photographs of him there at the rally with the pillow man, Mike Lindell. (coughs) And then, uh, quote, in the White House with Patriots. The night before, Herbster, Lindell, and other donors joined a who's who of Trump confidence in the president's private residence at Trump International Hotel. Herbster and donors used various social media platforms to drop names of key leaders in the meeting. And then it has uh, Herbster in a Facebook post talking about being there with Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump and Peter Navarro and Corey Lewandowski and uh, General Michael Flynn and, of course, all sorts of other people and he starts off the text by saying I'm reminded of the battles and blood spilled to protect our way of life Hmm. sounds like he was expecting some blood to be spilled and then uh, yeah he was there at the uh, Trump private residence the night before Uh, Trump the the president uh, private residence at the of the president at the Trump International in Washington DC and he was uh, there at the rally and he made his get- getaway in the motorcade with the uh, Trump children and uh, others and they flew to Florida while things were all all hell was breaking loose and he knew what was going to go on all right so Charles Herbster you know big uh election uh, big lie uh, promoter and uh, not only that but he was right there in the room on the planet with the planning on the January 5th the night before uh, January 6th and there at the rally and there on the getaway plane with uh, the Trump children so another person who uh, was <clears throat> not invited or uninvited to the convention, Robert Bohr, Bob Bohr, from robertbohr.com, because he's now a write-in candidate for governor, <coughs> Bohr for Nebraska, 
And uh, it says, the home, join us about, watch, governing, and elections. Yeah, what does he have to say about elections? Has a quote from another website. Doesn't really say anything on his own. He did when he was uh, in the primary, had a lot to say. But here he just has... uh, Quote, despite relentless gaslighting by election fraud deniers, this was what the election fraud deniers say. This was the most secure election in American history. Trust me. Once you are informed, the undeniable truth is that election 2020 was stolen right before our very eyes. And it was not a first time thing. Systematic vulnerability to election fraud plagues our election process process at all levels in America and has for years. The only question is whether Americans who understand this have the courage to fix it. Our very existence as a constitutional republic depends on our willingness to take up this battle and refuse to surrender until we win. It is a massive and massively consequential problem and there is a simple solution. Show you go to the website that he links there to find out what he thinks about elections, and uh, it's from uh, AmericanWeTalk.org, and it's uh, election fraud is an existential threat to the entire American experiment. Okay, and then uh, oops for uh says here are some but not but but far not all but by far not all of the most commonly understood data points that reflect the broad scope of election fraud in 2020 and it has how oh Trump was winning the, the, the election night but then they counted the mail-in ballots and then he was losing and then uh, it uh, as uh, oh the Mules and Ballot Harvesting, Dinesh D'Souza's upcoming 2000 Mules documentary film relies on the work of the Truth Vote Organization, organize, organization use, utilizing, quote, 10 trillion cell phone pings and 4 million minutes of surveillance video. Actually, I've read it's just uh, uh, 4 million minutes. I've heard, heard it's like 2 million hours, but oh well. However, that math adds out. I think they're wrong, though. Uh, And uncovered nationwide organized criminal ballot trafficking. No, it didn't. In which 242 traffickers who made 5,600... Anyway, it's all a bunch of nonsense. Now, what do they have as solutions? Because, you know, if you look up Bill Barr and uh, Dinesh, or Bill Barr and 2,000 Mules. You can see videos of him laughing at it and saying there is nothing to it. And let's see, it uh, refers to uh, one irrefutable evidence about election fraud in 2020, and more are available, was developed by Dr. Douglas Frank. Uh-huh. And then uh, we look up doc- Dr. Douglas Frank. And it's got uh, from CNN.com, the 2020 election wasn't stolen, but Douglas Frank and his bogus equation, claiming otherwise, are still winning over audiences. And so this is uh, by Sarah Murray and Jeff Simon from January 19th, 2022. Austin CNN, Douglas Frank, an Ohio math teacher, a flag pin bow tie, 
led a booming rendition of the national anthem and then walked a crowd through an absurd mathematical equation that he claims proves the 2020 election was stolen. Okay, you kind of get the idea. The guy's a fraud. <clears throat> and uh, as far as the Mules movie, well, I don't know. You can look up for yourself cell, cell tower location accuracy. You find it's not all that accurate. Look up Dinesh Atlanta Murder. The movie claims that their data was so accurate it solved a cold case murder. It didn't. And then, as I mentioned, you can look up uh, Bill Barr, 2000 Mules, either read about it or see the video. I'd recommend the video on uh, YouTube where you can see him laughing at 2000 Mules and saying, I've got to see from wonkette.com oh boy Trump is mad at Bill Barr for laughing at him it's by Evan Hurst June 14th 2022 but it's uh, so what did Barr say to the committee that made Trump so mad well what didn't he say let us first note that Barr made fun of Dinesh D'Souza's piece of blank movie 2000 Mules which Trump and D'Souza believe is some sort of smoking gun. Quote, I was holding my fire to see what the photographic evidence was. Unquote. You know, just in case Dinesh D'Souza had made a movie that was an absolute blank. But he hadn't. Barr made fun of the entire premise of D'Souza's, quote, smoking gun, his nutbag cell phone data conspiracy theory that underpins the entire point of the film. And also, <clears throat> Barr said, quote, my opinion then, and my opinion now, is that the election was not stolen by fraud, and I haven't seen anything since the election that changes my mind on that, including the 2000 Mules movie, he said, followed by laughter. And they don't have any photos of anyone going to more than one Dropbox, and in all those states it was legal in some way to drop off other people's ballots, and the people they've tried to go after, they found that, uh, well, actually they're dropping off some ballots for their family members. Show the 2000 Mules movie has no evidence of anything uh, untoward whatsoever. And then more about demonstrating how this is the uh, hoax-promoting faction. And their claims are ridiculous. What do OAN, Newsmax, and Fox have in common? They're all getting sued for defamation. For uh, their big lie claims. But no time, because we've run out of time. This has been the Servative Hour. Thank you very much for listening. And good night to you all. <laughs>